Welcome to Trendline. I'm Michael Stiddle. And I'm Nick Nanos. Nick, I'm watching on the monitor over my shoulder. Uh, Trudeau is unveiling his new cabinet. We've got a bunch of new rookies. Uh, we have a brand new deputy prime minister position, which we haven't had since 2006. What's your first reaction? Well, my first reaction is that he is trying to respond not just to the outcome of the last federal election where he lost the popular vote, but coming out of the election, it's still basically a horse race between the Liberals and the Conservatives. There's, they're basically within the margin of error. You know, Canada is very divided. And to put this into context, you know, we talk a lot about Western alienation. In the latest Nanos tracking that we've received this week, the Conservatives are 40 percentage points ahead of the Liberals in the Prairie Provinces. Did you wow. hear me? Not, yeah. They're not at 40. They're 40 percent higher, like about 56 percent. Oh 56 of people that 56 percent of people that live in the prairie support the conservatives while only about 16 or 17 percent support the liberals so there is a massive disconnect that's going on right now and it looks like justin trudeau is trying to i'm not even sure mend mending fences is the right word but trying to set the framework for him to re-engage a significant portion of the of the country that is just none unhappy with the liberals and they just feel completely alienated so uh conservative leader andrew Scheer, he's not speaking today but he released a very angry statement i'm just going to read it very quickly he said the cabinet prime minister justin trudeau unveiled today is a bigger and more bloated version of the same one that helped create an unaffordability crisis for canadian families attacked our energy sector and put thousands of Canadians out of work and set the stage for a national unity crisis. Justin Trudeau has made it clear that he has learned nothing over the four over, pardon me, has learned nothing over the last four years by appointing a known anti-pipeline activist and ministers who stood behind him while he passed job-killing anti-energy legislation like Bill C-69 and C-48. Trudeau will only further stoke the divisions he created during the election campaign. So very much still the kind of tone that we heard over the election campaign, Nick. Yeah, and I'm not sure, you know, I can understand that the, the opposition parties will never really be satisfied with what any government does. But, you know, the, the thing for, uh, you know, for Andrew Scheer, I'm not sure, just from strictly a research perspective, this anger helps bring Canadians to the conservative banner. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, is that for Justin Trudeau, he's got to somehow work with what he's got. And the problem is, is that he's got that big hole in, uh, in you know, in the Prairie Provinces, specifically in Saskatchewan and uh, in Alberta. You know, I thought it was interesting. You know, the one appointment that I, I thought was quite interesting was uh, Jonathan Wilkinson as the environment and climate change mm -hmm. uh, minister, because he got elected in BC, but he's a new Democrat from Saskatchewan. So, right. uh, you know, so, you know, I think this is where, you know, Justin Trudeau is, is trying to plug people into spaces to make up for what he lacks in the same way that uh, having Christia Freeland as the new intergovernmental uh, minister and deputy minister, you know, she is originally from the West, although she hasn't lived there for a long time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Peace I think... River, he, Alberta, I think. Uh, exactly. She was born. But I think I think that was a while ago. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So, so, 
you know, but what he's what the what it looks like the liberals are trying to do is to just piece together a semblance of a national cabinet that includes people that can at least claim that they have a Western voice, that they are not tone deaf. And you know, the the fact of the matter is when you're looking at at individuals like Freeland and Wilkinson, they can say that they're from the Prairie Provinces. And uh, it is just a little more difficult, you know, although the conservatives might want to criticize them, um, you know, they're, they're not from downtown. They weren't born mm -hmm. and bred in downtown Toronto or downtown Ottawa or Montreal. So, uh, but this is, uh, you know, the, the art and science of cabinet making is imperfect. So he's got to, uh, he's got to make the cabinet with the materials that he's got. And uh, I think this is his, uh, his go at trying to have a cabinet that uh, brings voices from different parts of the country, even though there's one big block where, you know, he didn't get a lot of support. Uh, Trudeau also seems to be uh, concerned about Quebec representation. Uh, why don't we listen to him comment on that? I've recognized that uh, we uh, have an opportunity and a need to uh, ensure a, a clearer, stronger voice uh, amongst our uh, great team of MPs from Quebec uh, and cabinet ministers from Quebec uh, to ensure that the messages that we're hearing from and the engagement with uh, Quebecers is uh, done in a, a, the strongest possible way. Uh, I continue to be a proud Quebecer, but I will be uh, very much engaged on issues of national importance as well as uh, issues facing various provinces and uh, having Pablo uh, at my side on engaging with Quebec will be a, a very useful thing for us all. Pablo, of course, is Pablo Rodriguez, who will be the leader of the government in the House of Commons and Trudeau's Quebec lieutenant. So, Nick, uh, does Trudeau still have a problem with the rising bloc Quebecois in that province? Uh, what's the strategy here for him? Yeah, you know, in the, in the Nanos polling, the Liberals only have a marginal advantage over the Bloc Québécois in the province of Quebec. But the signals that I saw is uh, not just, uh, you know, the appointment of the new House leader from Quebec. It was the elevation of two other individuals, members of parliament from Quebec, Francois-Philippe Champagne to the Minister of Foreign Affairs, Jean-Yves Duclos to the President of the Treasury Board. These are two very senior, critical portfolios for any government. So what we're seeing here is, you know, on the one hand, him trying to kind of fill fill the gap in Western Canada, at the same time trying to elevate uh, Quebecers, Quebec MPs, uh, to more important positions in the cabinet as he tries to uh, kind of reconcile alienation in uh, in Western Canada with uh, with Quebecers, you know, looking at the Bloc Québécois. Uh, as an alternative voice for Quebec in the in in the federal government, so so it, it's not just his house leader, but what I'll say, the promotion of uh, Champagne and Duclos to two mm. very critical senior portfolios. He's he's also named Stephen Guibault as the Minister of Canadian Heritage, and and Guibault is the I believe the anti pipeline activist that Shear mentioned in his statement today, uh, which might actually you know go over fairly well in Quebec. Well, exactly. And, you know, the thing is, is, you know, it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, when he's putting together his cabinet, he has to think of the regional dynamic. He also has to think of the signals that he sends to the opposition parties. You know, in this particular case, you know, the, the two the two parties that are most likely to periodically support the government 
uh, over the course of the next while would quite clearly be the New Democrats and also the Bloc Québécois. Both of those parties uh, much more focused on the environment and uh, clean energy, energy, not as hot on uh, carbon, uh, especially compared to the Conservatives. So you have to you have to see basically Justin Trudeau and his cabinet making process sending a signal, not just regional signals, but signals to the to the other parties. I think you know what what the message uh, Andrew Scheer probably heard and probably explains his his fairly negative reaction is that uh, it looks like the Liberals are looking to kind of isolate. Uh, the Conservatives, and uh, and to kind of uh, you know set them aside as uh, as not relevant as you know the Liberals enter into discussions and dialogue and debate with the New Democrats in the Bloc on a series of issues by putting these uh, these ministers that are more likely to be uh, appealing to both the Bloc and uh, and the New Democrats into key positions. So Nick, what's your big takeaway for this uh, cabinet shakeup? Well, um, it's kind of, uh, think of a rickety house putting paint on a rickety house. That's basically <laughs> what the Liberals have done, because right now, Canada is still divided. What The West still remains alienated. Quebecers are looking at the block, and uh, what the Liberals have tried to do today is put a thick gob of red paint over mm. all these cracks in the Federation right now. It's a little too early to say whether it'll be successful or not, but uh, what Trudeau is trying to do is to reconcile some of these regional divisions with the political calculus that he's going to need to keep front of mind in order to hold on to power. Nick, thanks very much, as always. And where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Nick, N-I-K, Nanos, or on the web at www.nanos.co. And I'm on Twitter at Michael Stittle. And you can also find more on the Cabinet Shuffle at ctvnews.ca. And just a note for our listeners, we'll be back in two weeks when Parliament returns. So look for us then. This podcast is produced by Trevor Coral, Jesse Taharelli, and Phil Hahn. Our executive producer is Liz Travers. Sound editing is done by Jesse Taharelli. This podcast is hosted by Nick Nanos and myself, Michael Siddle. Thanks for listening.